Careful you know, we, we screw up and we have to retry. We just pretend that we never did it. Correct. This is actually the first time doing this. It's really a politician's world. Yes. Did the Cincinnati Zoo pretend like they never did Harambe? <laughs> so, guys, this is the first for the show. You guys are the first guests I've had that are not Alex. Also, there's two of you and not just one guest. So, suddenly flooded with voices. Yeah, but, the show's instantly better. Okay. Flooded with voices, but not an air conditioner. <laughs> so, there's a format to this show, because now we're organized. So, my guests come on, there's a little jar full of little pieces of paper that have a bunch of movie titles on. They reach in, they pick a movie out, and then our whole show is about that movie. So, Chris, would you like to choose from it? Unless Joe would, would rather. No, go ahead. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, not saying that I did last time, but... I guess I'll double dip. What last time? No, we didn't do this before. Yeah. Never the air conditioning. Didn't have, wow, it's like deja vu. I don't know. I feel like I've done this before. Okay. Okay, what, what is the movie? More. Oh, I haven't opened up all the way. Yeah. Um, I can't read. American Beauty. American Beauty. I've actually never seen this one. Neither, Neither have I. I. This is, I hear oh it is a little creepy. Great. Yeah. I honestly it won a lot of Academy movies. Awards, and uh, I know people were looking back at it recently, saying, "You know, this is a little weird that this like group of people who like handle the Oscars that are all a bunch of, like old white people, old white men specifically, all really liked this movie for what what happens in it." Uh, so I won't spoil that, but uh, you know what? Let's do the, the tradition of the show, which is you guys gonna look at a movie poster for it, and I want you to tell me what the movie is about. The plot. And everything. Uh, right. I gotta, I gotta do find we, the movie. Do we throw the paper into the candle? Uh, no, because then my fire alarm will go off. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, <laughs> poor safety codes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We aren't going to just burn our choice. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So the, the movie poster is someone's stomach with a rose. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen this poster before. Not the movie, though, right? Yeah. You're new to the movie. Yes, okay, I'm new cool. to the movie. Not new to the poster. The poster. Well, yeah. Okay. So... Predict what is this movie about? I have to say that the the hand looks pretty feminine, and it, it sort of seems as if this might be like a woman's stomach. And usually, when you see like a woman's stomach in an image, you you automatically jump to pregnancy. And this, okay. this person doesn't look pregnant, but it it almost makes me think that it's like about a child. And the rose kind of she's holding a rose to her stomach, which almost makes me think that there's like a romance sort of element to that so okay that's what my mind jumps to but because i don't really see you know the baby bump i feel as if that's not necessarily what it's going for but that could be part of it okay okay chris opening comments for this what, what are you thinking i think she ate the goddamn rose she ate the rose she ate the rose she ate the rose okay yeah. so plot of the movie beginning middle and end what happens guys i'd have to say beginning would have to be the part with uh with the romance, either she's getting out of a romance or she she's starting a budding romance okay. of some sort. Mm -hmm. um, a budding, but like, yeah, like the rose. Yeah, just yeah, like the rose. Like there you flower. go. Yeah, full yeah. circle metaphor. Yeah, we I, haven't even started the movie and we're already getting into symbolism. I'm I'm wondering why you said a bunch of old white males like this movie and that was surprising. Yeah, I feel like that has something to do with the movie. So it's definitely something unconventional. Okay. Um, maybe the romance is with another woman. Maybe it's. I'm trying to think of things. 
When I was thinking that, I, my mind automatically jumped to something sex work related, which could be. Sex work related? Okay. It could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I feel as if uh, the middle... Shit. I, I really don't know. There's not there's not a ton to go off of. American Beauty, it could be sex workers. You're right. Okay. So this is a movie about sex workers. That's what you're saying? She had sex with the rose. She had sex with the rose. Yes. It's about a woman who is paid to have sex with a rose. That's what I'm getting out of your... Mm. Your description sounds a bit thorny. Is, the internet is a frightening place. Okay, okay. Is that, is that that's your final answer? That's that's what the movie's about. Yes. Let's go with it. Okay, okay. Well, we are now going to go watch the movie. We'll be right back. All right. Okay, guys. So that was a movie. That that was a movie for sure. That was really like okay. So this is the first one that I haven't seen that we've watched, and I really really liked that movie, but I have a lot to say criticizing that movie as well. Um, which we'll get to that. But you know, should we just start with the summary or just start with general thoughts? I I, I don't know if I like. I feel like I liked the movie, but I'm not sure I can legally say that I liked the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a. Uh, I, I, I think I think a summary would probably be important because there there was a lot to process. Yeah yeah yeah. Like I, I took I take notes on every movie we watch on this show mm-hmm. and uh, wow. like I think the most any other movie I've had I did like the room I had three pages of notes because that movie's like jump from event to event. But yeah. It's, like it's very lazily jumping from event to event. <laughs> Not much coherent thought there. This movie if you call them I didn't take notes on the entire movie for a reason that we'll get to eventually. But I have six pages of notes on this movie well because this movie is very fast it goes it it goes from event to event but the thing is it makes sense when Mm -hmm. it goes from event to event like it jumps from character to character as well there are multiple subplots going on that all converge in the end and uh it's like an episode of seinfeld but creepy yeah yeah (laughs) okay yeah so we we open in a really really weird way which is a clip of a young woman laying in a bed with a guy talking to her, who's presumably behind the camera. And the girl's talking with, with this guy who's filming her. And uh, she basically jokes that someone should kill this guy. That That's like being creepy or something. We don't know much of the details here. And then he's just like, I'd do it. And then she's like, could you? Like inferring that like, yeah, you should totally kill this person. But we have no context of who this person is that's being killed, who, who you know, who they're talking about, or who these people are at all. Then it, it just cuts to voiceover, and it's voiceover of video of like the suburbs, and it is none other than Kevin Spacey talking, which you know most of us will recognize his voice from one thing or another, and uh, he starts talking about how his life has been. It's clearly retrospective, and he says that he is going to die in a year or so. I think it's I think it's a year from whenever he starts that clip. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, so immediately we're we're just kind of like very confused of how first of all how is this possible that he's talking about his life of course and then just like you know it puts an ending in the movie that we don't know how we're gonna get to it mm-hmm. uh, and now he, it's going back to like coming into actually seeing him in like this this place in the suburbs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he's masturbating in the shower. Yeah, he's masturbating in the shower. That's the first time we see him. Basically, and it's he's saying that this is the highlight of his of his day. Mm. So you can already kind of tell what kind of life he's living. Right yeah, there. yeah. They're establishing him as a relatable figure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, it, then then it goes around with the camera showing that he lives in this like cl- like 
very plain suburb. He has a white picket fence. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like a very important symbol for that whole like lifestyle. Really. Blue shutters, red door. Yeah. Very classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we assume he just has some sort of plain office job. Uh, his wife is like gardening and he makes a big deal that her, uh, her shovel matches her shoes and that's on purpose. Uh, then we see his his neighbors. Uh, he has a, like these two gay men that that are like married have, but not married because you know they have a dog. Yeah, they they have a dog. I saw the dog. Yeah, there's a dog in this movie. There was a dog in this movie. <laughs> and it's just like a very like plain neighborhood. There's like some inclusion, of course, and that's cool. Uh, and then we see that there are new neighbors moving in, but we don't know who the new neighbors are. We just know that the new house has been sold. And then uh, the wife makes a big like a big deal about this because she is apparently working in real estate. Uh, then it follows him to his job, and uh, he's told by presumably his boss that the company is losing money and they might have to let people go. He is very quick to freak out, like he's losing his job security, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, it just cuts to him coming home and him seeing his wife, and then they talk about the new neighbors because the neighbors are moving in, like their furniture's coming in. Didn't, didn't when, when he was just losing his job, didn't he bring up the whole, like, uh... Whatever the prostitute the, thing, security that's, fraud, etc. Uh, I, I think no, that was in that scene. Oh, it, really? That was, that was, he, yeah, he first he mentions like, it in the scene, and he brings it back up later. I think. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, we'll just we'll get to that later. Yeah, it's yeah. not really too important right now. Mm-hmm. But basically, his his bosses may have been doing some nefarious things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now they're they're back at home, uh, and they're they're talking about like the neighbors. And then he kind of like does a weird little argument with his wife. And then his wife, like, walks in, but he clearly, like, it's like they're walking together and talking, and he just stops in place, and she keeps going. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there, there's clearly some disconnect in his marriage there. Um, and now now they have a family dinner, which they have multiple times throughout this movie, where it's him, his wife, and his daughter. He has a teenage daughter, presumably 18. We'd hope 18, based on things that happen later in the movie. Yeah. Um, Dear Lord. And basically, he's just, like, he's talking about his day and how bad it was and how he's scared that he's going to lose his job. Um, his daughter doesn't really want to hear it and says, this is the first they've talked in months, mm-hmm. and then storms off. And then the, <laughs> then he follows her, and they proceed to have an argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we, we see this same clip, but it's from the perspective of a camera. It's got this, like, grain on it. Like, it's, like, nice. very similar to the camera we saw earlier with the girl being filmed, which that girl being filmed, we now may notice, is the daughter. Is his daughter. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we see who... Actually, no, at this point, no, we don't know who is behind the camera. We just know there's somebody spying on them for some reason. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, now it cuts to the next day, and we follow the wife at her work, which she's trying to sell this house. That's like... it's. I mean, it's a plain house. I don't really know how to really... It's another plain suburban house. And then she really makes a big deal pepping herself up to try to sell this house. Um but she kind of has some trouble because nobody wants to buy the house. Mm-hmm. So then it, it ends. It's, it's the, the pool isn't quite a lagoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, it's all the, these ridiculous reasons. Yeah, the, these buyers are all being a little ridiculous. She can't really reason with them. And uh, she ends up sitting in the house, closing all the shutters, the house that she's trying to sell, and just crying mm-hmm. and yelling at herself that mm-hmm. she's not good enough. She stops herself a few times, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a total emotional breakdown, really. Uh, and now it, it goes to the daughter, um, which she's at a basketball game, like, seeing us to her friend. She's in some sort of cheer squad. Um, and, like, she's talking to her friend and saying that her parents are going to come to come see her. Because, again, as we've we've kind of figured out from before, like, she doesn't have the best, re- like, relationship with her parents. Her parents aren't really, like, seeing her very much. They're making a big deal. Like, this is the time 
we're going to connect with our daughter by seeing her at her cool school event thing. Um, so the parents get there, they sit in the audience, then the cheer routine thing starts, and this is where the movie gets a little creepy. <laughs> um, there is, like, a, a fantasy scene where the dad, like, realizes that he's he's really, really into his daughter's friend. Yeah. <laughs> Who's and, hopefully 18. Yeah. Who's also hopefully 18. Yeah, They're both in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which... Like, it, it, he fantasizes that basically everyone else in the room just disappears, and it's just him and her, and she's, like, dancing seductively. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, yeah, he's he's pretty much in this, this really creepy state of shock that's, like, super, super obvious then for the next couple scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he sees, like, his daughter and this girl together right after the game. Well, during the scene, doesn't, isn't, uh, she doesn't like that. Is that, is that the first time she's like pulls down her shirt like, oh oh yeah he, with yeah, yeah with the rose and then yeah. like a bunch instead of showing her breasts just a bunch of like rose petals fly out yeah which yeah. appears a lot in the film actually yeah yeah it's one of the yeah, biggest he, oh, the mom, the about mom was cutting petals. roses at the beginning the roses on the table yeah, yeah etc yeah the, the rose petals do definitely keep recurring as being like his weird fascination with beauty and or just lust yeah uh but anyway so this is now after the game he's talking with his daughter and he's very quick and obvious to try to introduce himself to the daughter's friend. Oh, yeah, super subtle. It's uh, yeah. making some bro plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, they both notice uh, after the dad then leaves, like, they make comments about how he was sort of creepy. But then uh, the daughter's friend, uh, who I should probably transition to using names, her name is Angela. And she, she says, like, she's not actually creeped out about it. She's, like, flattered by it. And she kind of, like, enjoys that he was being creepy. Um, I'm on to my second page of notes. So, yeah. She thinks it's actually sweet. And, uh, yeah. Like, she also makes a comment about how he clearly hasn't had any sex with his wife in a while. Mm. And she's, like, very interested in this. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is weird. Um, but, yeah. Now we're, we're seeing uh, the dad at home, Kevin Spacey, at home. And, uh... He, we hear the voiceover, and he says that he feels like he's been in a coma for 20 years, and he's just now waking up uh, because of this, this beautiful young lady that he saw. And there's also uh, there's rose petals falling on his face at this yeah. point, too. Yeah, there's starting to be rose petals. He's laying in bed. There's rose petals falling on his face, and he's fantasizing about this girl laying on the ceiling, like stuck to the ceiling, covered yeah. in rose petals, and that rose petals are falling on him. Kind of trippy. Also really... Weird again, creepiness factor is, is there. Um, now we have, uh, we have, so Angela and, what? Oh, I think that's just, uh, yeah. South Oakland revelry. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I was going to say, <laughs> I was, I was hearing some, some rowdy partiers outside right now. Beat Penn State. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, so now it cuts to Angela and Kevin Spacey's daughter. They're, they're just, like, driving on their own in the car, um, still in the aftermath of that game. And uh, Angela says that every, she thinks that everyone has fantasized about her since she was, like, 12. She makes a big deal about how she used to go to, I think, Red Lobster, was it? Yeah. And that, like, these, these people in the restaurant were clearly fantasizing about her. And she was, like, comforted by the fact that, like, people masturbate to the thought of her which was like it's she comes off as immediately is like a very like sexual character at least she wants to be a very sexual character and then she she says this is a good thing because she wants to become a model and she thinks that 
that means that she's going to be successful as a model. Um, now we see that they're being spied on, again, the same sort of camera perspective. Uh, and then the daughter notices that she's being spied on, looks at it, and now we see who is spying on them this whole time, <laughs> and it is their new neighbor. Because he, he, like, reaches up and turns on a light above him. He, like, reveals he himself. Yeah, he himself. kind of reveals himself whenever she notices him. Yeah. I actually, um, I also wrote down a quote uh, from the car scene that I thought was interesting, where Angela tells um, the daughter, uh, there's nothing worse in life than being ordinary, which I, I mm-hmm. kind of felt um, was a theme that kept on showing itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, which also, like, this is, this is where it got really weird. So the, the daughter seemed super, super bothered by being spied on, until she went back in her house and like closed the blinds and then you see just her face like mm-hmm. where no one can see her she has like this aside moment where she suddenly makes the facial expression kind of showing that she enjoyed this she enjoyed being spied Which, on i think it was joe's like oh yeah she's into it yeah yeah like she she in a way less creepy than it just made it sound <laughs> <laughs> sorry don't mean it to just, like it, it seemed like she was she was very happy in that moment she was yeah. definitely happy um, it doesn't. Which we'll get. We'll get, like. I'll get back to this later of why I think this is a little weird. And um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, but like by what the movie is saying with okay. like this. Um, <laughs> so now we're again at the next morning, progressing through the days here, and uh, Angela calls and like the daughter answers the phone, and uh, she's saying like Angela is saying to to Kevin Spacey's daughter here. Like, did you just call? Because I just saw with, like, basically caller ID that you just called and then hung up. And then they realize, like, oh, her dad had called and then hung up immediately. So he's clearly very interested in Angela. (laughs) And then while the daughter is talking to Angela, he notices, like... It's it's like a like panned out and and we notice that the creepy neighbor is spying on this very scene, as well, as she was just talking to Angela, and now we're brought to the creepy neighbor's house, uh, which which is where we get the first introduction to more of that creepy spying neighbor's character as well as both of his parents, um, which his mom is incredibly quiet doesn't really seem to be there for most of the movie essentially mm-hmm. like extremely passive. And then uh, his dad is, uh, he's something. Like his, his, first, his first introduction, he's, he's shown to be like super, super conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like he, he is talking crap about gay people mm-hmm. immediately. Which is, oh, because the, the dude the neighbor two neighbors. Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and the, then he doesn't, he doesn't uh, like click at first because when they say they're partners, he's yeah. like, oh, like what, do you, what are your jobs? Or, yeah, like, yeah. What are you selling? The, the, the gay neighbors come and like introduce themselves, like have a little basket, you know, the neighborly thing to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he, he can't understand that they're they're partners. He thinks they're business partners, and uh, yeah, it doesn't have the greatest reaction to that. <laughs> no. Um, now the uh, the conservative father here is driving his son to uh, to school, and they have a little conversation about gay people, where he starts like the the conservative father is, is like talking negatively about gay people, and then he super jumps on it. Like the the son just mm-hmm. jumps on this. And starts yelling about how they're the worst thing ever, and uh, makes him want to puke his effing guts out. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, they are. Uh, they're not. The movie I don't think makes you want to like these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that I mean, like the movie did come out in like early two thousands, I think. I don't, it might have been late nineties, but like not not a time that like. 
being gay was as accepted in America, but yeah. still, this sort of hatred was yeah. was pretty out there. It was <laughs> extreme. It was yeah. very extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there's still people, unfortunately, who are like these people. But anyway, so now we have all of the, like, Angela and friends at school, and Angela starts bragging about all the sex that she's had and about how she's done some modeling. And uh, these other friends at school aren't really, like, liking it. Like, she thinks she's, she's being dumb and, like, really bragging. She, they're, not, they're not enjoying her as a nice friend here, basically. So they, they just, like, start talking crap and then leave. And then, uh, then they see Angela and Kevin Spacey's daughter, who I should really, what's her name again? I, I can't even remember. I, I mean, it, remember. it didn't come up that much, Jane? too. Yeah. Janie. Janie. It was Janie. Janie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I so, wish I, I think might have been on purpose, actually, so yeah. that we don't really remember yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So Angela and Janie are now sitting together, and they see the creepy neighbor from afar. And this one, Angela reveals that she knows this creepy guy, like, she had like some previous volunteering thing mm -hmm. that she worked with him in like ninth grade so like three years earlier and all she can really say about him is that he's weird and that he's been like institutionalized or something mm -hmm. for some reason yes and uh she's saying just because he's weird and of course uh janie is like well you do they don't just like put you somewhere because you're weird because you're saying rude yeah. stuff yeah and then angela accuses janie of liking him which she probably does at this point. We can, we can pretty <laughs> yeah. much confirm from like the weird liking his stalking that, that she's into it. And then he comes over and kind of introduces himself a little bit and then defends himself that he's not obsessing whenever he's spying on her with the camera. Um, he's just like admiring her beauty. And uh, yeah. Her American beauty. Her American beauty. Mm -hmm. Roll credits. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> And now we now we get the quiet the uh, now we get the the creepy kid coming home to his family the neighbor's house, and uh, it's a very short scene where he just walks in and sits on the couch next to his parents and they're watching TV and then no one says anything, mm -hmm. and they just they just all quietly watch this like old like it's like this black and white movie like clearly meant to be super super conservative with like it's like a military thing going on in the yes. movie, um so yeah that's. And yeah. the mom was like, didn't you say something? And he's like, no. No. Yeah, another another way to show that the mother's not all there. Yeah. Uh, so now the the uh, Kevin Spacey and his wife are going out to some sort of gala. Uh, and it's revealed that the gala is some sort of, like, meeting event for real estate people. Uh, as his wife meets up with, like, her biggest um, competition. Like, the guy who's kind of ruling real estate in the area. And... Uh, Kevin Spacey like makes makes a point to kiss his wife right in front of them, just like not really. He's like he's like yeah, we we have a very healthy mar healthy relationship or something like that. Yeah. Since since the wife had demanded that he act normal and he didn't. Yeah. He 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 really did not appreciate that. Yeah yeah he's making a point that like, you know he doesn't need to be normal. Like at this point of course he's already like as he puts it he's woken up from his coma, and he he's starting to act a little crazier and crazier as time goes on and so he runs off from them leaving his wife to talk to the like his her real estate competition he just gets like the biggest drink he can at the bar and this is whenever he runs into their neighbor who apparently is just working at that event as a waiter um and <laughs> the waiter asks if he gets high <laughs> like if he's just into getting high and of course now kevin spacey 
he's just way off the rails, he'll do whatever, goes with him. Um, so now we cut back to the wife that's like super praising her competitor and really throwing herself out there being like, you were just the greatest at this. And then she kind of just accepts herself as being the lesser. Like, she says it, that, like, she's not afraid to say that she is nowhere near the same tier as him. Uh, and now it then it cuts to the dad with that the creepy neighbor outside, and they're just getting high. They're just smoking pot. They're just uh, yeah. mar- married, Mary Jane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, the his boss, like, the lead waiter or whatever comes out, and he's like, get in here, what am I paying you for? And then he's like, well, then don't pay me, I quit. Yeah. Uh, which Kevin Spacey's character, like, really admires. She's like, whoa, you are so cool, I wish I could do something like that. Like, you're my hero. Uh, and then the wife comes out, like, should clearly notice that he's super high, <laughs> and just, just doesn't notice, and she's just like, I'll meet you in the car. <laughs> which, yeah, that, that's, that really stood out to me, is like, does she care? Yeah. That he's high? It, it almost seemed like she she knew what was going on. She just really didn't feel like reigning in her husband. She just kind of accepted it and said, like, like pretended it like, wasn't going to happen almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now the parents go home, and uh, Angela is at the house with, um, with his daughter, and she decides that she needs to say hi. So she goes to Kevin Spacey's character, who is as high as possible really right now. <laughs> He is, yes. And just decides that she needs to, like, all act sexy and stuff. Uh, and then he fantasizes about this. And then it's, it's revealed that even though he's fantasizing about, like, like starting to touch her, like a sort of foreplay thing going on, he's actually just sitting there looking at a root beer. <laughs> and, like, she's, like, across the room, like, all, trying to act sexy and stuff, mm-hmm. but, like, clearly much less, like, cinematic like, much more childish, like, attempt to be sexy mm-hmm. than what he was actually fantasizing about. Which, I like, this, it comes back to something like that a couple times in the film. Uh, so now it goes back to Angela is back in her friend's room, Kevin Spacey's daughter, uh, Janie, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use her name as much as I can because I keep forgetting it. And uh, Angela starts talking about how she'd totally have sex with Janie's dad. And... Uh, Little does she know that Kevin Spacey's character is actually just eavesdropping on this the whole time. <laughs> Lester. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so they like they're like, did you hear something? And then he runs off as loudly as possible. Yeah. It's almost like a cartoon. He just runs off to <laughs> yeah. his room, like he's stomps so, on he's the floor. Super high, Exit. Stage yeah. left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be fair, he's pretty blazed. Yeah, yeah. And then it turns out that through Janie's window. The neighbor is watching with his camera. And they realize this, and Angela tries to, like, do a little show, a little dance, and, like, she's just, like, in her underwear. Mm-hmm. And then Janie just kind of goes off to the corner, and then the creepy guy is clearly just wanting to see Janie. She yeah, doesn't, he doesn't care. He, um, he zooms in on her reflection in a mirror, I think. Yeah, right right yeah. And it's, it goes back to that slow smile where, again, you can you can see that she's, yeah. she's honestly enjoying it. Yeah. But then he pans down because then he can see in the like in the bottom window of the house hmm. that the dad is working out shirtless naked yeah. fully yeah, naked. naked oh fully naked mm-hmm. yeah and he like he's working out because he wants like you know buff up to be with angela presumably <laughs> like he's super super high right now so who yeah. knows exactly what he's meaning um do i smell burning i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> i hope not because he's gonna go check on the chicken <laughs> What do you think, Alex? 
Why can't you take it out? Because I'm not skilled. What? Do you want me to take it out? I got it. <laughs> Great. Mean? Cool. You're not skilled. Um, what? It's not burned. That's good. Great. I don't know if it's done or not. Uh, it's probably not at this point. Guess we should put it back in. Just just uh, turn down the temperature and put it back in. <laughs> we'll continue now. Okay. Are you going to edit this out? Yeah. I can edit okay, cool. Um, so the neighbor's watching the dad work out, which this is important for later, that he has video footage of this naked man working out yeah, on his camera. Yeah, that comes up. It definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now it cuts the, the crazy guy's hat, or the crazy guy. I keep calling him the crazy guy. What's that guy's name? Um, I, I'm bad with names in all of these movies. Yes, so am I. <laughs> I, I can't. I, it's uh, Fitz. Something Fitz. Okay. His first name is not Fitz. Okay. Here, Chris, you look up the names of the characters yep. while we talk. So anyway, it cuts back to him and his house, the the cameraman, as I will call him. <laughs> and uh, his dad walks in, the super conservative dad, and just starts beating on him. Or actually, oh wait, no, this is a different scene. He beats on him later. He just asks for a urine sample. Right. Also weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both beating on him or as, yeah. And brings up that it's every six months. This yeah. is a regular thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the dad asks for a urine sample. And yeah, it's, it's every six months he needs to provide a urine sample. To, to make sure that his son is, like, staying out of trouble. Which, good intention there. Mm-hmm. You want to you make sure your kids aren't getting into too much trouble. Really weird. Very extreme to ask for your insane. Ricky. Ricky. Ricky oh, Fitz. His, Ricky his Fitz, Ricky. yeah. Okay. I, again, it, it really doesn't come up a lot in Played the movie. Played by um, Wes Bentley. Yeah. Oh, I was wrong. Oh, okay. Anyway, so the kid secretly gives a fake urine sample. Because, mm-hmm. uh, as we know, he was just getting high, like, a couple hours before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and should still be high right now, but he clearly has a pretty high tolerance. Yeah, he must do it a lot. Yeah. Um, so now we're cut to what we hope is the dad's dream. No, yes. Because <laughs> he, he walks, it's him walking down the hall, opening a door, and going into the bathroom, and seeing Angela in a bath of rose petals, and then reaching in and touching her up in the genitals. Um, of course, you know, we don't see that. That's under the rose petals, mm-hmm. but yeah. And then it's cut to what's really happening, which he is dreaming, and he's masturbating under the covers, laying next to his wife. And his his wife notices this, and she's like, what are you doing? Oh, this Completely which, flips out. Which, yeah. She's like, ew, gross, you yeah. masturbating? And, yeah, yeah. And this is where we get, like, an all-out fight between them. Yes. Where he starts to basically hold things against her, like, very extreme things against her with, like... I think, yeah, he says that, like, he supported her whenever she was getting, like, some sort of license to do real estate. Mm-hmm. So that means that he could legally hold that he owns half of whatever she has. He he really, he held no punches in that scene. He yeah. was just absolutely brutally honest yeah. with her. Says there's no love in the marriage. There hasn't been mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. It's, it's really, like, very candid on his part. Yeah. I mean, like, again, this is like he's woken up from the coma, as he said. And uh, so he, he also says that she has no, like, legal bounds to make a divorce because, like, he hasn't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. All he's done is yeah. what he's currently doing, which is being just terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and that's just the end of that scene. Like, it's him just asserting his dominance, basically, on his wife and holding, like, the authority in the marriage. Um, so now it's the, the next day, and uh, he is, like on this exercise boat like he needs to get fit 
uh, and he he sees the gay couple running because they run, I guess, every day. Mm-hmm. He runs up behind them and he just wants some advice for exercising. He specifically says that he wants to look good naked. Yeah, it's like the gay guys are like, uh, um, um, what do you want to work on? Like, uh, strength, strength, flexibility. And he just says, yeah, I, I, no, I want to like, look good naked. Like, he, yeah. his yeah. intentions are pretty clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then he can't really keep up with them because, of course, this is his first time ever mm-hmm. running, most likely. Like, mm. exercise is not a normal part of his life. So he stops to talk to Ricky. Um, which, hey, look at me using his actual name. <laughs> Ricky being the creepy neighbor kid. And uh, he he stops and decides to go with him up to his room. And basically wants to buy some pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is when the most unrealistic thing of the movie, I would say, happens. Which is he sells a tiny bag of weed that he says is just like the best weed I think he says engineered by the U.S. government. Something like that, yeah. like top shelf shit, etc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. G3 or whatever. Yeah, what it's $2,000 for this marijuana. Which yeah. he is, he's obviously getting scammed. That is like, which I don't even think the movie thinks that he's being scammed. Yeah. Like, I, I think the, like, the movie's intention is that this is actually some like super powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Or I guess like super refined stuff or something like that. But like, that that's not how much, like... If he got, like, this tiny, like, size of a phone, basically, thing of marijuana, like, he's not going to spend $2,000 on that anywhere. I may, I may not smoke the ganja, but that is not how they be. Yeah, Jane same. That, that would not fly on the streets. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, then then he starts talking to the teenager about how, like, how he gets his money. Because this, um, Ricky, of course, he's actually made all of his money for all this, like, uh, video equipment from selling marijuana. He's, he's a big deal drug dealer. Um, whereas, uh, what's his name? Kevin Spacey's character is talking about how whenever he was that age, he was just flipping burgers mm-hmm. and how he actually loved it back then. Like he was, he was talking about how great it was to flip burgers way back when, cause there was just no worries and he could just smoke marijuana as much as he wanted and just, you know, do a mindless job. Uh, so now he goes back to his garage and he's smoking pot and working out, which this is his new lifestyle now. <laughs> Uh, needing to work out so he can he can get that that new girl a winning combination yeah he's on the michael phelps track yeah <laughs> oh gosh blop, blop. so the, the wife comes home sees him working out in the garage which first of all big red flag there because he doesn't work out and also he's the smoking pot and she's like what are you doing <laughs> you're like smoking pot and working out what's wrong with you and he immediately fires back with just a bunch of witty comebacks again mm-hmm. just holding no punches whatsoever yeah. which like Honestly, like, like there, we were really loud watching this movie mm-hmm. because every time Kevin Spacey says something outrageous, like, we just couldn't really believe it because mm-hmm. he's just, like, so powerful <laughs> in his responses yeah. all these, like, all these times. It's great. Um, so now he's back at his job, and this is where he starts talking about, well, first of all, uh, he submits this little letter uh, detailing what his, his job is supposed to do. And uh, he totally, like, talks crap about, like, his job, his bosses, everything. And then he says that he's basically, like, holding this company at ransom, saying that they have to give him a year's pay and let him quit. Or he'll tell everyone about this fraud that the boss has committed. And also about the affair that his boss had mm-hmm. with, with some woman that his wife doesn't know about. Um, so he's, like, again, a, like... No holes barred, 
like he's he's going all out attacking his work and just getting like tons of money because of it. Like mm-hmm. he's he's winning right now in a terrible way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so now he leaves work and he's back at home and we have another like family dinner. Mm-hmm. Um where the daughter comes home and then he reveals to her that he quit his job today. And Oh wait, actually oh, before this. Oh, so after the blackmail scene uh, we have a scene of the wife going and having dinner with the uh, dinner or lunch or something, some, something at a fancy restaurant with that man that is like her biggest competition. Mm-hmm. And he reveals that he is now single and the wife clearly is into him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So extramarital affairs are not, you know, they're, they're pretty much everywhere in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we go back to the three kids at school, the three kids being Angela... Janie and Ricky, and uh, Janie asks that Ricky stop filming her, and he actually stops, Mm -hmm. at least in the short term here. Yeah. And then, like, she just decides to walk home with him, and to have, like, this romantic walk, basically, with him. Mm -hmm. Angela is, like, protesting the whole time, like, what are you doing? You're crazy. But, you know, she is clearly into him. Uh, And now it cuts to the wife in a motel with her competitor Mm -hmm. and they're just they're just going at it Mm -hmm. yeah and like it's like to to comment on the sex itself Mm -hmm. he is clearly super dominating yes and like she's yelling about like how he's the king because like his big thing with the real estate is that he's like the king of real estate Mm -hmm. makes tons of puns talks about how she needed the royal treatment etc it's actually it's it's a pretty funny scene but um it's a pretty yeah it's a pretty cheesy sex scene um see oh there's okay so now now uh kevin spacey's character is driving around high with the song american woman playing which like i i mean i love that song so it was like a really good use of the song (laughs) and he drives up to a fast food place because i mean we assume like oh he just wants he wants some food because he's got the munchies because he's really high Mm -hmm. and uh instead he applies to work at the fast food place through the drive-thru just at the lowest position he can get um, so he basically just wants to become like the guy at the counter, and uh, now it cuts it cuts back to the affair between the wife and her competitor, and she's really impressed, be- and also like turned on because the guy has shot a gun. Mm-hmm. Like this is a very important thing to her, that that he has shot a gun. It's like a, and I mean that's a very masculine symbol, which mm-hmm. like again I'll, I'll bring that up again later. Um, and now it cuts back to the uh, to Janie and Ricky walking home from school, which I mean th- this is all done really well of like cutting between all of these scenes in parallel, mm-hmm. um, and they're just having this long like romantic conversation. There's I don't really think there's there's much of a reason to go into detail about that, but uh, then they go to Ricky's house. Um, they say hi to the mom, and the mom like doesn't notice them for a little while yeah she's clearly just not there at all like before they got there she was just sitting at the the dining room table and just staring off into space mm-hmm. um so she doesn't she say like oh like sorry about how the place looks and then they look around and it's like spotless yeah, yeah it's, it's absolutely clean it's spotless but there's just like nothing there yeah <laughs> yeah um so ricky wants to take janie to uh to her dad's office to show this plate that he has Ugh. <laughs> I burped. Anyway, yes. so yeah, so Ricky wants to take her to her dad's op- to his dad's office to show off this plate that he has, and whenever he flips over the plate, 
you see that it has the Nazi insignia on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, he just has this little piece of Nazi memorabilia, which is really weird knowing what we know about the dad already. Yeah. As being, like, kind of this bad dude. But, like, also doesn't really fit that he would be pro-Nazis or something because he's ex-military. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's, he's very clearly, you know, allied to the military, loves yeah. his country, etc. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think this is the first time that we see, like, a sort of contrast in his character mm-hmm. where like he's super like anti-gay like that's a really big part of his character but then also he's super america and anti-nazi presumably mm-hmm. um and i think i mean that's a that's a fight that means a lot later as mm-hmm. well i feel like a lot of this i'm saying like it'll mean something later this yeah. is, which this movie really does all come together at a point it, it ties all the loose ends up very nicely at the end yeah. i will say that it just seinfeld itself yeah um so, so now uh, we, he takes her up to his room. Ricky takes Janie up to his room and starts showing her some of his movies. And he has this movie. He says it's his favorite movie. And it's just like a 10-minute clip of a plastic bag drifting in, through the wind. <laughs> Wanting to start again. Yeah, like like the, the lyrics from Fire. We, we were really wondering if that was part of the music video for a little while I there. feel like it inspired it. Let's it, it be honest. Might, yeah, just a little bit, actually. Yeah. There's the chicken. <laughs> well, there is it popcorn chicken? <laughs> oh, hey, oh. There it fucking yeah, goes. Yeah, it, it makes it makes that noise. There it is. So anyway, so yeah, they're they're watching this this movie of just a plastic bag drifting through the wind, and uh, and Ricky makes this long speech about like the beauty of the world and him trying to capture it, mm-hmm. um, which. It kind of sounds like just crazy rambling for the most part. What I thought was interesting was in in contrast to the Katy Perry video, you know, when she talks about like a plastic bag drifting through the wind, she's like referring to like a person with no purpose. Yeah. But he actually uh, he describes it as is almost dancing and like being mm-hmm. carried by the wind. And he talks about this benevolent force that's forcing it to dance and letting him know that everything's going to be all right. So it's almost yeah. like a comfort for him rather than sort of this like this void in the sense of loss, like in the Katy Perry song. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, like, this is definitely, it's a little bit more artistic than Katy Perry <laughs> in general. Um, yeah, much more that, symbolic. Not that, like, pop artists can't be artistic, but <clears throat> there is kind of, like, you feel like he's sort of crazy in this scene. I think you're kind of meant to, to feel that he's a little out there. Mm. Um, not that his point of view is out there, because, again, we'll come back to that later as it's sort of tied up again at the end. Um, <clears throat> so then they kiss. Because, of course, Ricky and Janie have to kiss. Um, we don't know what happens past that, but, uh, you know, stuff. Uh, and then she realizes that she's late to dinner, so she has to rush out of there. Mm. And uh, she walks in on the parents fighting, and this is where Kevin Spacey is just oh, brilliant. This is just absolutely, again. This is probably my favorite scene. That was brutal. It really was. Yeah. He's, he starts just, like, tossing out insults about his wife, basically, and, like, the position he's been put in and how, like, he is now, like, leaving, like, the jail that he has been put in, basically. And they keep being loud and, like, fighting against him. And his way of doing it, he keeps also yelling that he wants the asparagus mm-hmm. that is, like, across the table. Yeah. Nobody will get him the asparagus, so he walks around the table to get the asparagus. Mm-hmm. Walks mm-hmm. back, puts a couple pieces on his plate, mm-hmm. then stands up with the plate of asparagus and just throws it against the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, at, like, a painting that's sitting on the wall or yeah, something. Yeah, it breaks something. Yeah, and he, like, it shatters the plate, and, like, asparagus is presumably everywhere. And <laughs> not the asparagus. Not the asparagus, yeah. And then suddenly everyone else is quiet, 
and like he has taken control of the scene basically I, I really i appreciated it too because that was that was the point where after he throws it everyone's just absolutely quiet and you can only really see like the white slits of his eyes there's mm-hmm. only like that glint in his eyes but you can't really see his face it's pretty sinister and all he says is he looks directly at his wife and he says don't interrupt me while i'm speaking yeah and then says nothing more and everyone is quiet yeah yeah he says don't interrupt me honey yeah 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 it's very yeah oh man so now now the the mom and uh janie the daughter go off into her room and they start talking and she the the mom wants to convey to her like she's glad that she saw this because it's conveying to her that you cannot count on anyone except yourself like that was a like a big message that she needed her to know which I mean tells a lot more about like what the mom's going through, yeah, uh, than really anything else. Uh, Janie talks back basically, and, and then like the mom doesn't like this and slaps her and continues yep. to yell at her, uh, which is where we see like the first like violence against her and like you know this domestic violence that's not good but comes in a couple times in the movie. Um, <coughs> and this is when we see that the neighbor, um, the neighbor Ricky has been watching and filming this, uh, and then. So she comes over then to the window, notices him as well filming, and uh, waves it, waves at him, and he waves back. And this is when she just starts taking her clothes off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which, you know, I yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess it's it's somewhat of an intimate moment. He did really see her at a point of vulnerability, so I mm. guess that kind of also makes her vulnerable. But I didn't, I I didn't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't understand why she just, like, undressed for the camera. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was... I mean, that was, like... That, that couldn't have even been her first opportunity to do that. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was the first opportunity since their long walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had kissed before that, hadn't yeah, they? Yeah, When did. they watched the movie. They did. So, I mean, it was definitely... There was more of a sense of intimacy, but that was, I guess, really where she, like, really felt like it, she it was, could, like, bear all, so to speak. Yeah. It was weird to be, like, directly after, like... Her, her yeah like her mom attacking her yes my mom slapped me better strip yeah but then like this is then followed is his dad runs in because his, um ricky's dad who had noticed that somebody had messed with his cabinet mm-hmm. and just starts beating on him mm-hmm. like he just starts beating on ricky he actually starts bleeding too it's, yeah it's pretty bad yeah, yeah yeah like this is way like clearly this is something that more regularly happens in mm. that house mm. and he yells at him to fight back yeah yeah, and he refuses to fight back. Yeah. Um, he just stays on the ground and agrees with him, like loudly agrees with whatever mm-hmm. he's saying, and explains himself that he was showing that Nazi plate to his girlfriend, which yeah. then the, the dad sees the girlfriend across, just like her head peeking out from the curtains. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the dad goes on like this short rant about rules and how houses need rules and how like it's okay if he needed to show that plate to his girlfriend, but like... There are rules that need to be followed, and like you know, he can't yeah. just go around picking like, locks. Yes, sir. Thank you for not giving up on me. Yeah. Um, and now we cut to the next day, and it's the mom at the gun range, like shooting this gun. Like she had like, when, whenever she talked to that other real estate guy who had shot, and like she was really turned on by that. Now she's gone and bought a gun, and and got this license for this handgun mm-hmm. that she now has. Uh, and then she comes home and like this music is playing how like 
nothing can stop her now. And uh, and of the gun range, she was a really good shot. Yeah, yeah. The guy wasn't the song saying like that. "Don't Rain was, on My Parade." Yeah, yeah. I think it was "Don't Rain on My Parade." because yep. all of her music is very fifties and uh, like very like Frank Sinatra esque kind of music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas like all of um, all of Kevin Spacey's music is like late seventies rock. Yes, Pink uh, Floyd, etc. A yeah. lot of mm-hmm. rebellious sounding music. Yeah. Um, so so she comes home and like no, no one's gonna rain on on her parade. And then her face, her facial expression immediately like falls whenever she sees the new car in the driveway <laughs> that Kevin Spacey had gone out and bought, mm-hmm. like this old car from the '70s mm-hmm. as well. Wasn't it like a T-Bird or something? Uh something like that. A really yeah, nice not, car. Yeah, it was. A, it was a really nice car. Um. So then the 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 parents fight, which also I liked. Whenever she walked in, <laughs> there's he the had RC a car. Toy, yeah, he had a little there's... RC car that she was like he was taunting her with. He like yeah. bangs it into her ankle. She almost trips over it. It's, yeah, it's very funny. Yeah, yeah. And then they they start fighting a little bit, but the fighting doesn't actually last very long in this scene, because then like they start like talking sexy to each other, like they're mm. they're gonna go at it, which presumably they haven't done in years. Yeah, um, from, yeah. from what we've seen the rest of the movie and. Then like they're sitting on this couch and like he seems mm-hmm. to spill some of his beer on the couch. Yeah, he's like, about he's to like spill about his beer to, on the couch. Yeah. And then she's like, Don't do this. This is a super expensive couch that like she had like basically designed because you know she's a real estate agent. She cares about furniture mm-hmm. and interior design. And then he's like, This is, it's just a couch. Like this isn't real life, is his exact words. It's just a couch. And like th- this is where they stop. Like the 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 sexiness of the scene goes mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. as they, they fight over this tiny detail of this yeah. couch. Um, now it cuts to, uh, okay, so now, now it cuts to, uh, Janie is at Ricky's place and they're like, clearly just had like some intimate moments and now they're like flirty and talking with like this camera involved. Um, and this is where we get to the scene that we saw in the very Uh beginning of the movie. You can, you can kind of tell by the camera angle and like how she's dressed that it's going to be that scene. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is what it's built. Yeah. But now we have the context of the scene. They, um, yeah, they which they, with their like conversation, and we do get to the point where she says that someone should kill someone, which turns out the person she's talking about is her dad. She jokes that someone should kill her dad, and then he's he says he'll do it. Um, which now like, since we know that he's going to die at the end of the movie, by, based on what he said in the very beginning, we think like, oh, she's gonna yeah. hire mm-hmm. her boyfriend to kill her dad. It's a couple, and like he actually, Ricky says like. That's not a very good thing to do. And she's like, well, I'm not a very good person. Yeah. And then she's like, but you know I'm joking. Like, then mm-hmm. we have the context afterwards mm-hmm. of her actually saying, oh, it's a joke. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't actually want to hire Ricky to kill her dad. But we think Ricky is very unstable. We think that Ricky might do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, well, this is how the dad <laughs> dies, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, at this point, actually, I went to start making fried chicken. Yeah. So I don't have as detailed of a summary here, but Joe, you took a bunch of notes here. So yeah, so I, I, I didn't take nearly as detailed notes as you did, but if I remember correctly, so at that point, so that, that scene happens, um, she ends up going home, and uh, I, uh, I might be skipping a couple of things here, but the important thing that happens next is that he, uh, it, it ends up happening that they're like a dinner, uh, Ricky and his family, and he finds out that... Uh, he gets like a ring on his pager, which is kind of how you can tell the date of the film. He gets a ring mm-hmm. on his pager mm-hmm. that um, the dad from next door needs some weed. So he goes over next door to uh, go sell him some weed, makes an excuse about giving his girlfriend a textbook. And um, so the dad comes out and sees this happening, sees him going over, seeing his, him like saying hi to the family. The family looks very normal, very happy. They're all piling mm-hmm. in the car. It looks like they're going off to work, going off to school. It's obviously 
not what's happening, but um, that's what it appears like to the dad. And the dad, the, can the tell, dad being the conservative yeah, neighbor, Ricky, neighbor. Ricky's dad. Yes, yeah. correct. And uh, and so Ricky goes over and he sells to um, Lester, uh, Kevin Spacey's character. He you know goes upstairs, sells the weed to him, and then. Um, so, and the dad can obviously tell that there's, like, a close relationship between the two of them. Mm -hmm. um, so, just going forward from there, you know, that's been established. And uh, I might be skipping a couple details here, but I know that later that night, um, what happened is... Uh, we just blasted three or four scenes, I felt. I, I yeah, think we... Fine. Just a few inconsequential yeah, okay. scenes. Yeah. This, is, this is what the meat of the story was, though, where uh, the dad ends up going into the, his son's room because he's suspicious about this. Yeah. And he looks through all of, you know, all of his stuff, looks through his underwear drawer, doesn't find the drugs, but he does find um, all the videotapes, plugs it into the TV, yeah. sees a couple of inconsequential ones, and then finally sees the scene where Kevin Spacey is uh, working out naked in the window of the garage, and it yeah. zooms in on Kevin Spacey's face. Yeah. So, which is a very, a very homoerotic, you know, footage. Yeah, yeah. So, so now the, the dad has, or the conservative uh, dad of Ricky now has, like, these suspicions that Ricky and his neighbor, Kevin Spacey's character, might be having mm -hmm. some sort of affair. And, like, of course, <laughs> his, like, he's been shown to not really be very good with gay people. Yeah, yeah. He, he really has, like, a visceral hatred of gay people. And he, this is also the point, like, I think, uh, either right then or it was later in the day he sees his son uh go over and actually like physically give the weed to kevin spacey in yeah. the garage while the dad is working out shirtless yeah. I, think never... this, I think this is when he gets paged yeah this mm. is that that's the point when he got oh, paged because he went over earlier because he was um catching a ride with um right yeah, yeah that's what it was yeah so he was, was he was catching a ride but anyway he does get paged he he goes over and he sells the weed to kevin spacey the dad has already seen the video so he thinks that there's something homoerotic going on between the son and the dad but mm. hasn't really seen them together so then he sees him go into the garage the dad is working out shirtless and the funny part about this is he doesn't see the drugs at all he doesn't see the exchange he doesn't see him give the drugs but the dad ends up lying down uh, like on the bed kind of like stretching after this workout as the uh, the guy like goes into his box gets out the weed yeah. and like starts putting it on the table and from the dad's perspective there's a large part that's blocked out by the walls he can see through these two windows and it looks exactly like the like uh, Ricky is sucking off Kevin Spacey's character yeah um, and so, you know, obviously he just thinks that he witnessed his son, like, you know, giving a blowjob to his neighbor or whatever. Yeah. And so he, he's just looking on in horror, like looking at it happen. And then the son comes back over. Um, so, I mean, that happens. And I, I believe I'm correct in thinking this is like the night where it all happens. Right. So this yeah. is, yeah. oh yeah, this oh, is the oh, point yeah, yeah. where the daughter is bringing back. There's a lot it's, of things happening at the once. Night. The drug exchange happens. Um, the daughter uh, brings back her friend, Angela, the one that Kevin Spacey was in love with because Angela's going to sleep over. The wife um, had already, oh, okay. This was the only, this was the scene that I skipped earlier in the day. Kevin Spacey at his burger flipping job had seen his wife and the right. uh, the king of real estate driving up and him like kissing her like he he mm -hmm. caught him caught her cheating on him so he knows that his wife is cheating on him and uh, you know says like basically like no I'm fine with this here are your burgers you can never tell me what to do for the rest of my life where you know it's it's done you have no power over me. Um, so she is just absolutely like despondent, like drops mm. him off yeah, yeah. and uh, is like crying in the car. So the the wife is also driving home and she uh, has the gun in the cockpit, pulls over on the side of the road, brings out the gun and cradles it for a little while. Mm. So at this point, Ricky's dad has a motive to kill the father. Um, his wife has a motive to kill the father. Ricky yeah. has a motive to kill the father. Ricky has a motive to kill yeah. the father because they've been discussing it. You don't know how the dad is going to die. He mentions that this is the day that he is going to yeah. die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... um. 
Now, so then, yeah. yeah, anyway, so the the wife is on the way home as well. She's cradling this gun. The uh, the daughter and Angela comes home, and uh, this is when the Ricky actually goes in to, back to his house, and the dad, like, beats him again and says, like, what did he make you do? Like, why why did he make you, like, have sex with you? And he said, he ends up just going with it and says, no, he didn't make me do anything. I have gay sex all the time. I get yeah. paid for it. I'm very good at it. for both for blowing him yeah says yeah. he's like the best in the tri-state area and his dad just beats the shit the out of him best in the tri-state area yeah yeah direct quote direct quote and um so he just beats the shit out of him says i don't want to see you in this house again makes him leave and he says yeah just prove how much of a man you are and he leaves and he goes over to kevin spacey's house uh he visits the daughter in the room says you know if i were to run away tonight would you come with me and she says yes and and that mm-hmm. and her friend is there too yeah and so angela yeah. gets very upset about this says you can't do this you're a freak and she says well i'm a freak too and, you know, they're, like, saying they're going to go away with each other. And the um, uh, the kid, Ricky, just mm-hmm. says, you're the most, or- you're not her true friend. You are the most ordinary just, person in the world. He rips it. He rips it. Off. Absolutely tears into her. She says, you deserve each other. She walks out. She goes downstairs and cries. They're- so then, you know, uh, Janie and Ricky start talking about how they're going to run away together. He has, like, $40,000. They're going to go into the city. He has some connections there. So they're lying in bed talking about it. Yeah. Um, and then, so Angela goes downstairs sees Kevin Spacey there. Um, as, oh, wait, we, like, we, don't we have a scene earlier, though, when he's working out in the garage? Um, that, that was the scene where Ricky sells the drugs. No, no, but, but the scene whenever the dad comes in. Like, uh, the conservative, Ricky's dad comes in. We do. It, it oh, kind of yeah. happens in parallel. I'm oh, not okay. sure if it happens yeah. exactly then. But, yeah, so anyway, Angela goes down, and uh, right before this, yeah, you're right, so the dad is still working out in the garage. The dad comes over. Uh, the, the conservative dad opens up the garage door, is just absolutely shaking, just staring at him. And the dad says, you know, like, what do you want? I can give you whatever you need. And again, it, it's misinterpreted as this homoerotic scene where it seems as if Kevin Spacey is coming on to the conservative dad. Yeah. And yeah. that's how the conservative dad is taking it. And so eventually, you know, he just hugs him and he says, like, come here, buddy. And he's still shaking. And then the conservative dad just grabs him in his back. And starts trying to kiss Kevin Spacey. Yeah, and they, yeah. they do kiss for a second. They yeah. they do, and yeah. then Kevin, Kevin Spacey, Spacey is, is obviously not into it. Just totally taken aback, did not expect that. Um, was like, okay, like I, I think we're done here. And then the dad just backs up, walks away in the rain, kind of like disappears because it's it's yeah. absolutely pouring at this he's, point. He's he goes right. back to his house. So this like it's revealed that like this mm-hmm. conservative dad who like he's been yelling about like how much he's hated gay people for so long actually ended up being gay yeah yeah yeah. or at least having like this homosexual attraction yeah and so and so you're like okay we thought for sure this is going to be the guy that kills the dad doesn't kill the dad goes back home yeah well but now we understand the conflict in his character like that's gone Uh like the like Mm -hmm. him being like so homophobic but then also being like military and having a nazi like paraphernalia yeah, 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 yeah. And like, like, just having this weird conflict in his character. And the fact that, like, he's not close with his wife, even though, like, the traditional, like, American value, I guess, of, like, conservative ideal would be for him to be very close with his wife. Yeah. Or at least yes. his wife would, like, you know, do everything he said. I don't know what, like, the traditional 50s housewife or something that he would want. But, like, you know, yeah. there's a specific image of, of having a wife that, like, he it doesn't fit for him. He just doesn't communicate with his wife at all. Definitely, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the point. So this, this is when he goes back on the couch. He sees Angela crying. Uh, she says like me and your daughter got in a fight. It's because I said that you were sexy. Uh, and he was like, okay, well, then he like comforts her. And then they go back to his bedroom 
and he starts undressing her. She's like completely into it. They're about to have sex and he uh, like undresses her. She's shirtless on the bed. And then she says, this is my first time. I wanted you to know in case I wasn't good enough. And this is when you realize, like, oh, all these times she had talked about having sex with other men, she was making it up because she wanted to be the object of this attraction. She always yeah, talked yeah. about how sexy she was. She was, like, the object of other men's desire, having all the sex. She had never had sex before. So this is would have been her first time. So at this point, he says, all right, I'm, I'm not going to do this. And she says, am I not pretty enough? And he says, no, you are so, so pretty. Um, but he decides not to have sex with her. Um, so they go back into the kitchen. He makes her a sandwich, uh, kind of like calms her down, comforts her a little bit. And, uh, he asks, you know, is Janie happy? Um, she wouldn't die before she tells me. And she says, yeah, I think she's pretty happy. You know, she's going off with this boyfriend of hers, you know, she's absolutely in love with him. And, uh, so she says, are you happy? Um, and he, uh, says, you know, no one's really asked me that in a long time, but I am, I'm happy. And uh, she smiles and says, like, okay, I'm going to use the bathroom. So she goes into the bathroom, and uh, she, you know, freshens up a little bit. And he's mm. walking around the kitchen. He says, I'm finally happy. I'm finally happy. And he sits down on at the kitchen table in front of this big vase of roses. Mm. Um, and he's sitting there smiling, thinking, I'm happy. And he, he's, looking, he's, looking, he's looking at a picture of um, him. His, him, his wife, and Janie. Yeah, and yeah. just thinking about how happy he is with his life, how much he's changed, and then it shows the side pan of his face uh, alongside the kitchen somewhat, window. Or like pans, pans backwards a bit. Yeah, and so mm. on the left side, you can see the roses right in front of him, and on the right side, you can see a gun backing up to the back of his head. Yep. Um, and so at this point, the, the gun is going back to him. He's mm. laughing, you know, he's he's really happy, and then it shoots him in the back of the it, head. It, 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 uh, pan, it like pans towards the wall, like in front of him at first, and then you hear a bang, and you see like psh, guts all yep. over the place so then uh you uh it, you know it, it starts going into this voiceover and you're, goes across all of the people and at this point you're like oh shit his wife just shot him because his wife was like coming home she was yeah she, she was walking up she to was, the door she had the gun yeah etc and so you're like okay well the wife was the one that killed him and it starts you know kind of going across all of the people in the house as he talks about um his life didn't mm -hmm. really his flash his life flashed before his eyes but it seemed to last forever for him and it was him you know in boy scouts looking up at the stars yeah. Janie, you know when he first met his wife all of the happiest moments of his life that he could remember and um so it pans across the people across the house you know his daughter and the son mm -hmm. um are coming down the stairs coming down the stairs and then it later shows when, them and it went and then it, it plays the shot sound again so that's where they were when he was shot they yeah. they were actually in the bed it shows them coming down the stairs and finding right. the body but they were lying in bed talking still while yeah. he was being shot here's mm -hmm. the gunshot sound they hear it it goes to um angela who's in the bathroom she's smiling she's wiping off her eyeshadow that's running down her face and then she hears the gunshot and she looks mm -hmm. around and so you know it's still going back and forth between these scenes and his memory and then you see the wife who is walking up and then she is outside the house and mm -hmm. she hears the gunshot Yes. Yeah. She did not kill Kevin Spacey and she, you know, realizes is like very distressed and so it keeps on going back and forth to the memories and then you just mm -hmm. see a shot of um the conservative father with a blood-stained white t-shirt coming back to his house and putting the gun away because he was the one that shot Kevin Spacey. Yeah. He came back and shot the father. Mm -hmm. Um and so it was uh the final scene is just uh before it pans out of the view of the suburbs, it shows the, the wife just absolutely despondent, and she goes into the closet with all of her husband's shirts mm. in them and just, like, buries herself in his shirts. Yeah. Um, and then it pans out of the suburbs and just talks about, like, you, you know, the, telling the audience, you're, you're going to get it one day, too. You're going to get how happy you can be. Yeah. Yeah, and then, then he repeats uh, that speech that we heard earlier in the movie that the... Uh, 
what's his name that that Ricky had had said whenever they were watching that film of the plastic bag um, about the beauty of the world and like just being able to see it and seeing like these little contained things mm-hmm. um, such as that plastic bag and, and then he, that's whenever yeah the, the last words of the movie saying like you might not understand now but you will eventually mm-hmm. and uh, I don't like I that's well I mean, we'll get to that in a little bit when we move into like sort of analysis of this film but Mm -hmm. like that was it was a very very powerful moment that like immediately i'm not totally sure what he meant Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of the point Mm -hmm. yeah uh but yeah here let's uh let's take a little break so guys we summarized the movie now want to talk about what we thought about the movie maybe a little bit of film analysis although we did just see the movie we haven't really had time to like construct an essay here mm-hmm. um so i have i have one big problem with the movie and that's that i think the movie is pretty misogynist not just like individual characters i do think that the movie as a whole is kind of misogynist i'll go through some of the things that that i took notes on um just scenes in which um they they kind of the movie is saying that that women have to be in a certain position, relevant to men, uh, like very subordinate. Like like going back to the scene um, where the the wife first talks to her competitor and starts really confessing about how much like she feels she isn't as good as him, mm-hmm. and then that's actually like where she seems to fall into certain happiness is being right below him. Um, then uh, like from from the beginning, I'll, I'll go to uh, whenever. Whenever Janie is first being, like, uh, filmed by Ricky, and then she secretly likes it, like, <laughs> she she likes that she's being stalked. Yes. And I think this is this is a theme throughout the movie, like, between her and then Angela, who's liking being, like, watched and looked at. Like, it's saying that, like, it's okay to stalk women because they're into it. It's a good, like, it's it boosts their ego. It's a very, like... It's a very male-sided way of, of looking at things. Like, mm-hmm. of course, they should appreciate that I'm looking at them because it should make them feel more beautiful. Uh, and then, I mean, the, the movie's general emphasis on beauty seems to be, like, like the, the biggest worth of, of, like, Angela, for instance, is just that she's so beautiful. And that's not seen as just being, like, a one-dimensional thing of her character. Like, mm-hmm. that is her entire character. And she's behind that as well as everyone else around her. Like she wants to be beautiful. Like, I mean, her goal is to be a model. Yeah. Um, so you might you might be able to say that like you know that's specific to her character because she wants to be a model and that's where like she wants to have her job in. But like the film, I don't think is isolated to that. Like I think that it's it's kind of saying that beauty is what you need to be as a woman, mm-hmm. um, which we have no women on this podcast, so maybe we're we're missing yeah. out a certain perspective here. And we could be a bit of mansplaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, let's see what, what other notes do I have? Um, okay, so yeah, she accepts herself as subordinate, uh, the, the wife, uh, that is. Oh, and then whenever they have, um, they have that affair, and then she is extremely, like, uh, like, he's definitely the dominant one in mm-hmm. the affair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, she, she's, like, calling him, like, the king and stuff like that. Both, both physically and mentally, yeah. you can tell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like she needs this strong male figure, and then whenever he he brings up the gun, um, that she he fires a gun, and she's like so turned on by that, by this like hyper masculine uh, figure that she needs in her life, and then she ends up buying a gun herself mm. as she needs like this power to rely on. Like she cradles the gun later, 
Like, she just needs this symbol of masculinity in her life. And it's very separate from herself, even though, like, she does use the gun. Like, it is something that she holds as, like, loving the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's not an extension of herself. At least, I, I don't think it is. Um, let's see. What other cool notes did I have? Oh, that's actually, that's the extent of my notes <coughs> on, um, the, the, the feminist perspective <laughs> of this film. Yeah, the all, the all-male feminist perspective. Yeah, the all-male feminist perspective on this film. Um, let's see, a couple, of, oh, uh, I had said before we started watching the movie that this movie, um, was, was praised with, uh, a bunch of Academy Awards, mm-hmm. um, which, as we know, the majority of the people who pick the Academy Awards are all old white men. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so this movie did appeal a lot to the old white men of <laughs> which is a bit uh... which that's okay so I have a couple going into this I had pretty much only known about the um, the sort of pedophilia sort of thing it's not actually officially pedophilia mm-hmm. there's a there's a term specifically for teenage like this specific teenage that's not actually pedophilia pedophilia specifically means like children like 10 years old but you know what people broadly refer to as pedophilia this 43 year old man who is who is like dreaming about this affair with this 18 year old girl Mm -hmm. uh and like just looking at that on a surface level you you can you can definitely (laughs) see like that's really weird that this oscar committee or that you know other academy awards had like really liked this Mm mm-hmm um that these all these old white men is like oh well we clearly see why but then like seeing the film as a whole yeah and where it ends about facing death and being happy mm-hmm. and like i think that really makes a lot more sense to like these older white men who may be like thinking about their own mortality and like what they've done in their life and then see, like the him fighting the like the monotonous grind of his work week and, and like fighting like his his marriage is terrible and he like mm. takes a stand on that and that's very important to him i think like that is that's probably a very relatable problem to these old white men mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, most likely even if they do have happy marriages like you can still see some things like things falling into like um sort of uh repeated patterns you know cycles throughout throughout like the week and stuff yeah, you go ahead <laughs> I think even uh, his failing relationship with his daughter, too, I'm sure, is something that people can relate to, even if they have a good relationship with their child. I think just uh, yeah, talking about, you know, how he, he hadn't really, like, talked to her in, like, six months, and she had made that known, and he tried to kind of, like, blame it on her, like, you know, you, like, oh, you don't need to, like, let me make the first move and, like, talking to you, you can always come to me for something, and she's like, what, are you trying to, like, blame it? And he's like, no, 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 but, like, it's it's very much that he really never made much of an effort to connect with his daughter because he was so wrapped up in his own unhappiness for the past, you know, however many months, um, and he, he hadn't even really realized it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, moving on from that and just, like, why the, these these old white men might have, might have liked it so much, and then, like, also acknowledging that it's kind of misogynist, um, seeing the end of the movie like how he meets his demise mm-hmm. like this this uber conservative figure who's sort of struggling with his own sexuality um who kills him specifically because like actually it's not even fully clear why he kills him yeah um because i mean like the, the this conservative man does think that he is this, this gay man who had paid his son to have sex with him mm-hmm. But then he got this mixed message whenever he pushed him away uh, at that scene before in the rain where um, where the the conservative man had like come on to him and then he'd be like, no, I'm not into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm I'm curious what you guys think of like, do you think that that the, the conservative neighbor thought that like, oh, like 
I I am coming out basically to him and just I'm not good enough? Or do you think he actually realized that he wasn't gay and there was just something more going on with his son? I had discussed this with Alex a little bit over the break, and I, I thought that it was interesting because when, you know, when he first started making out with Kevin Spacey's character, I thought, okay, well, this guy has to be gay. He has to be repressing all of these feelings inside. Um, but what confused me is when he left and then he later came back and killed the dad, that kind of made me question it a little bit of like, oh, well, maybe it was for something different. Maybe he just suspected that there was something deeper. He resented the affection between his son and the dad. Maybe it was because, you know, dad, uh, Kevin Spacey pushed away the dad, but he wouldn't push away his son. He had a much deeper relationship with his son. It wasn't just paid sex. Maybe he thought there was love involved. Um, but as Alex also pointed out, he could have just been going back for his gun. Yeah. Um, you like you, you really, you can't really know what's on his mind. There could have been so many different things swirling around and he just wasn't thinking rationally. All he had was this military experience and then a gun that he could very clearly use. And then he, he came up and then shot the dad. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, I think it, it really could be a number of things, but I'm, I'm, I'm supporting the theory definitely that he, I, I think he probably did have these homosexual feelings, but I think that the main thing that caused him to kill the character was that he resented that um, Kevin Spacey had this affection with his son that he would never have. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm thinking about like what this means. Like the the guy's downfall, basically. Like Kevin Spacey's character, uh, Lester. Right. I, I realize I haven't used his name this entire episode. Yeah. yeah it, um, again, it doesn't. I mean, come yeah. Up much. My, I just think of him as Kevin Spacey because of how much. He's, I mean, he's ubiquitous. There are a lot of moments in the movie where this is Kevin Spacey. Yeah. yeah like it's clearly him. He sort um, of spaces out. <laughs> Are you crinkling something? No. Yes. I can I can hear it pretty loud on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay, so so seeing um Kevin Spacey's character mm. being so like happy in that moment and then seeing his downfall of being shot and like what like what is that saying about like what brings the downfall of that like this conservative man? Like is it saying that like these conservative feelings can bring a sort of breaking of like happiness or so- something like something that that breaks the like being able to just accept the things as they are instead of like fighting to to a certain image that you need, um, or like I, I, I like I I really struggle with this ending because then mm-hmm. that being said like I don't know if it's a sad ending in in the end of the movie because he dies at like the happiest moment of his life basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, no one else is very happy about it, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he doesn't have to deal with that. Like, he's he's seeing, like, his whole life is flashing before his eyes over this entire movie, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's he sees happiness. Like, he he has achieved eudaimonia, as, <laughs> as Plato put it. And, like, that's just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to feel about this movie, basically, and what it's trying to say. I think I would have to say that the uh, the message that it seems like they're trying to go for is more just kind of taking away from the political spectrum because I think even a lot of people on the left at this point in time in American history really were not a fan of you know homosexual like anything like yeah. really a lot of people well on the yeah left I mean, famous, gay famously people. like Clinton at around this time had spoken on like the uh, the floor of the house saying that like marriage is between a man and a woman passed mm-hmm. the Defense of Marriage Act etc I mean yeah. it was really like a generally reviled thing in American society and I no one in the film except for the gay couple and maybe Kevin you know maybe Lester himself mm-hmm. were like fine with it but that was about it yeah and I think um. I think it was more just trying to say that trying to repress something is what's unhealthy. You know what I mean? Trying to repress mm-hmm. these feelings where this, you know, this guy might have had homosexual feelings is unhealthy for him. Lester trying to suppress these feelings 
of unhappiness that he had with his marriage, with his daughter, with his work was not healthy for him. And when he tried finally confronted all of these feelings just with those moments of candor, yelling at his wife, those moments of candor, you know, framing his boss for all of these terrible things that he had done, that's when he finally came to happiness because he was confronting all of the problems in his life yeah. head on. Um, and that that wasn't something that um, the conservative dad really could do, so he ended up just killing the source of his anger. Yeah, I think that's that's a very valid valid point. I I, I like that. <laughs> um, and that's the only way I can see this as being as making sense. And then like mm-hmm. looking at like why these these you know the old white men of the Oscar committee, as we will say, <laughs> enjoyed this movie so much, and like it's it's sort of like being congratulatory that like. Yes, they may be like sort of misogynist and wanting to be in the same position as Kevin Spacey's character, but at least they aren't as rep- like repressed as this conservative dad. Hmm. It, like it's, I think it's very congratulatory. I don't know if, if you guys share that, um, but like, yeah, I I think that there's, yeah, uh, man, I don't know where to where to go off of that. Honestly, I think yeah. I think what Joe said was just so good mm-hmm. that like, yeah, okay. Um, one lingering question that I do have uh, about the movie is really the symbolism of the rose petals. I'm still not yeah. sure what to make of that. I mean, it seemed to just be, I mean, beauty. Yeah. I mean, for mm-hmm. the most part. Like, him trying to find beauty. Like, the plastic bag that was that was blowing around. And, like, how he had finally contemplated that mm-hmm. um, by the end of the movie while he was dying. Um, and when he looked at the rose in the vase with the picture of his family. Mm-hmm. Even really, the cover of the movie too that yeah. you'd showed us had the rose in it. Yeah, it's like he he notices whenever he like wakes up from his coma near the beginning of the movie that like he hasn't achieved the perfect family. Even though he has the white picket fence, he has mm-hmm. the the flowers that are perfectly groomed. You see the his wife like grooming these flowers with her little gardener outfit out out front mm-hmm. with all these roses that are all around. And like you see that even though he has the image of like this perfect family, he doesn't really have it. Mm-hmm. But then I think by the end of the movie, I think realizing that the perfect family is impossible, and that he has something great, and he does love his wife, mm-hmm. um, and he does love his daughter, and he's okay with his daughter basically running away mm-hmm. because his daughter is doing what what like she wants to do. Like yeah. realizing that things aren't perfect, I think is what he realizes to be like the most beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I guess that would especially be true just because, uh, you know, at the end of the movie, it had the, the, the rose petals in front of him, like right on the table, but he was only staring at the picture of his family, not the roses yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah he, he finally looked away from just like the naive beauty, I guess, and just looked at like his family. Definitely. Which again, like a very conservative ideal that I'm sure the old white people of the Oscar committee very much loved. <laughs> <laughs>